Somebody say something. Hello. How's that? That must be Eric. That is me. That's a very uh, official media voice you've got there. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Olivia Stelic. I'm a junior studying elementary education, and we are all students of Kara Anthony and Thomas Hickson at the University of St. Thomas studying theology. And I'm Eric Nelson. I'm a senior majoring in business administration and minoring in Spanish. And I'm Megan McKay, a senior at St. Thomas studying criminal justice and French. So some of the goals of our project is we were asked to find a research topic that focused on sustainability and can be linked to Catholic social teaching principles. We chose farmers markets because it is a topic that we all wanted to learn more about. We have a couple of specific goals for our podcast. First, we are hoping to provide more information for people in the Twin Cities, especially the St. Paul community, about farmers markets, as well as giving people information on why it can be a more sustainable or environmentally friendly choice to shop at a farmers market. We also want to help show people the value in knowing where your food comes from and how it's made. And ultimately, our goal is to encourage more people to shop at a farmer's market. Now note that we are talking specifically about the St. Paul Farmer's Market. This is where most of our information comes from, but the themes can generally be applied to most markets. Some of our science data comes from other states or nations, but can be applied on our local level. First, we're going to start with some historical or background information about farmers markets. Next, we'll touch on social implications that relate to the community. And finally, we'll wrap up by talking about some scientific studies uh, that talk about why farmers markets work in a more sustainable way than a traditional grocery store. And we'll also cover social justice issues that relate to them and our proposed policy solutions to help these issues. Some Special guests you'll be hearing from on this podcast include Lucas Capper from Capper's Big Red Barn. We spoke to him talking about dairy producing methods and also being non-GMO certified. We also have Mike Hazard, which we talked to about the social aspect of farmers markets and how it allows Hmong farmers in particular to participate. We also talked about the Hmong Farmers Association and its importance in the farmers market community. Finally, we have Angela Rauschar, Program Manager at the St. Paul Farmers Market, to learn more about their Market Bucks program. First, I'll give us some history and some background information. So, farmers markets themselves have been around for hundreds of years, but in the Twin Cities specifically, they've been established for over 100 years. The first recorded one was in 1852, and now they have grown to have 29 in Minneapolis alone, which hosts more than 800 vendors. Their design is meant to provide communities with a place to exchange goods, and in Minnesota, they're most functional in the summers because of our weather in the winter, meaning the goods tend to be seasonal, which gives an extra bonus because eating a seasonal and local diet has been found to be better for your health. Socially, farmers markets are a good thing. Not only do they support local economy through the money spent at St. Paul Market Systems, but that money spent goes directly to the farms with no middleman involved. Farmers get the full value and profit of their goods, workers get their full pay, and St. Paul gets the value that the market fees and spots and supplies require. Smaller scale farms are given a chance to both sell product 
and develop their community connection, bringing revenue to the farms as well as developing customers who will keep coming back. I know different farmers markets by the farmers that I know will be there. So if I go to the Mill City market, I'll look for Monpai, who was the first organic uh, Hmong farmer in, in Minnesota. And if I go to the Northeast uh, farmer's market, where I, which is the closest one to where I live now, um, I will go looking for Nang and uh, Tang and their kids, all of whom I've been watching grow up over these years. One of the biggest benefits of shopping at a farmer's market is that it gives consumers a chance to interact with the farmers that grew their food. Not only does this build a social relationship between the two, it also is an opportunity for education about the work that goes into the food the customers are eating. In our interview with Mike, we learned about the friendship that he has built over the years with the Hmong farmers that he goes back to. Um, we could not go to photograph without coming home with a trunk load of, of gifts from the, from the field. And when I served dinner or uh, you know brought dinner to the table, um, I would say, here are the Brussels sprouts from Chow, the uh, dragon beans from Mai, the uh, uh, watermelon that uh, uh, Van gave us, um, the green beans that uh, Wang Jur gave us. You see that the food became associated with a farmer, a human being, mm -hmm. a yeah. person. And right. Wow, I mean, it just makes your food taste better. Through our interview with Angela, we talked about how the market creates a tight-knit community, including the farmers, the workers, and the consumers all together. We did touch that there is a lack of awareness connected to the EBT and WIC systems that the St. Paul Market works with. The St. Paul Market works with a program called Market Bucks, where users of EBT are given a balance to use throughout the market on products and goods that they need and that are available. So here's what science says about the benefits of farmer's markets over a traditional grocery store. Produce travels on average 1,500 miles from its point of origin to reach a traditional supermarket. This produces a huge amount of carbon emissions. It is estimated that our current food system requires 10 kcal of fossil fuel per 1 kcal of food. That means 10,000 calories of energy is being consumed to produce 1,000 calories of food. The study we found discussed the average distance traveled per each type of food to the terminal market versus the Ferry Plaza Farmers Market in Chicago. Apples traveled 1,555 miles to the grocery store versus 77 miles to the farmers market. Lettuce had to travel 2,055 miles versus 102 miles. And grapes traveled 2,143 miles to the terminal market versus 134 to the Ferry Plaza Farmers Market. These are just a few examples of how far commonly purchased foods are shipped from their place of origin to end up on our supermarket shelves. This is what Lucas Capper had to say on the topic. They don't like the dairy industry. They're big against the dairy industry. Right. Um, really big on like, they want companies to release their carbon footprint and put it on the package and all this and that. Which again goes back to like, that's great, but you know, if you're a little company, you're not going to have the money to rebrand your package to do that. Um, that's what we always talk about is that they ship their milk all over the world, you know, their old milk from, from wherever they produce it. And now they're just going to make facilities all over the world and the kind of footprint that leaves and nobody even thinks yeah. about that leaves, that takes all sorts of people from all over the places to do that. 
Another important item that we found in our interviews uh, was that being registered as a certified organic or non-GMO is a very difficult process. This is something that we spoke to Lucas Capper of Capper's Big Red Barn about. For him, as a dairy producer, not only do the cows have to be non-GMO, not utilizing growth hormones such as RBST, but so does their feed. Better for us to purchase GMO corn um, where we're located than to try to source non-GMO corn because it's not really available. Um, so like we personally can't grow corn that's non-GMO with the fields we have. There's too much flooding or a drought or something like that. It's not resilient enough to grow. Um, so we'd waste a lot of energy and time trying to grow it and yielding little. In this case, non-GMO corn is difficult to grow. It is expensive with less yield and grows less reliably. Just a simple flood or rainstorm could wipe out an entire season of corn which obviously is not worth the risk for a small producer. So how does this all relate to Catholic social teaching? The Catholic social teaching principle of preferential option for the poor means making decisions with the less fortunate as the main focus. And in this case, impoverished farmers have a place to sell goods and promote their name to develop a brand, become more wealthy. The market offers programs for EBT and WIC users who may not have the funds available to provide for their families. We feel that EBT should go further at farmer's markets. EBT allowances do go further at some markets, like the St. Paul Farmer's Market, but not all of them. Our policy proposals that EBT allowances should be more effective at every market. This would allow those in need to be able to feed themselves and their family while also encouraging attendance to farmer's markets. Some of the issues with EBT, though, are that not everybody who qualifies are taking advantage of it. When we spoke to Angela, this is what she had to say on the topic. Yeah, I don't really think so. I don't think that it's hugely advertised or known. It's more a word of mouth, I feel like, almost. Um, I will say the people who do know about it definitely take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. They come to, like, every market they can. Um, so we have, like, our regulars. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't feel like it's widely known. And I sort of feel that way about farmers markets too. It's one of those things that like people will know about it by like going or their friends going more, I feel like. This is why we feel policy action is necessary. This also supports the Catholic social teaching principle of the positive role of government, as they are the entity that is responsible for implementing EBT programs that the markets can then expand on. The idea of the common good also connects to farmer's markets. A definition given is the sum total of social conditions which allow people, either as a group or as individuals, to reach their fulfillment. The idea of this connects to three different areas. The local economy boost that comes from the money spent at farmer's markets. It encourages a healthier diet as you're eating seasonally and locally. Lastly, farmer's markets can also provide better quality food than grocery stores can. Things like produce can be found for less, as you can hear from Lucas Capper's interview. But as far as like a price level goes, um, a lot of the times, if you go in the right time of the year, you find, you know, much better produce at a cheaper price. Right. Uh, produce is like the big, the big one to point out because I mean, the produce there is incredible and it was just picked yesterday and it's usually it's cheaper or the same price that a supermarket can offer it at. Right. Um, so on that level, produce is great. Um, things like meat tend to be a little bit more expensive. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But even, you know, if you're at a lower income level, 
the customer base that goes there to buy that stuff really respects the fact that it's a nicer product and they're willing to pay more mm -hmm. for it if they have less to pay for it. 